Today we're going to begin a a four-part series that I'm calling, That's a Wrap. Now, this is a phrase that is commonly used when a movie or a television show uh, you know, one of their, or one of their scenes is finished. The director will say, uh, and that's a wrap. And that's a wrap. Well, in the next few weeks, my wife and I are going to be wrapping up 20 years of ministry in this church. I, I don't know how it got here so quickly. As, as I was praying, as I was thinking about this, I, I felt impressed to reiterate some of the things that I have consistently taught, some of the things that I have consistently preached to you over these past 20 years. Things that I have literally pounded on and, and poured into you over and over and over again. Things that I, I actually felt called to preach and call to, to teach you in my season of pastoring you. Well, evidently, I'm not the only preacher who felt called to emphasize specific things in ministry. Peter also felt this way, and I want us to read what he wrote in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 15. Peter writes, and he says, therefore, I will always remind you about these things. Even though you already know them and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught, it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Jesus Christ has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. Well, just as Peter wanted his followers to remember what he taught them, so I want you to remember the things that I have taught you. And I want to start in this series this morning, I want to start today with this. Don't forget what I taught you about caring. Don't forget about what I taught you about caring. You know, if someone were to ask me how our church grew from a, from a low of 82 to averaging close to 500 before the pandemic, how, how we did, what, what, what were the keys to, how, how did this happen? I, I, I would say that a big part of it was the fact that we care. Yes, I attribute the growth of this church to the fact that, that we genuinely care for people. Yeah, we have created an atmosphere of caring at the Grace Place. And let me tell you that this did not happen overnight. Most of you don't know and are unaware, but, but, but this was a wounded, angry, suspicious church 20 years ago. I'll never forget before I became the pastor here and I was candidating for, for it and, 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 and I'll never forget a lady cornering me and she got in my face and she put her finger in my face and she says, I guess you know you're walking into a hornet's nest. Well, I soon found out who the main hornet was. <laughs> but what a miracle, right? What a miracle, what a turnaround. What a difference in atmosphere and attitude. Oh, hear me this morning, don't stop caring. 
Somebody wisely said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mary Kay Nash, founder of the Mary Kay Cosmetic uh, Company, said this. She, she said, people have an invisible sign tied around their neck that says, make me feel important. I, I can't tell you how many people have said to me, Pastor, Pastor, do you know why we chose uh, to come to your church? Do you know after we visited your church why, what it was that, that, that caused us to choose your church? And I say, because of the incredible preaching. And so often they have said, hey, the preaching's great, but we chose your church literally because you stand out in the lobby before and after church and talk to your people. Say what? Doesn't all pastors do that? Evidently not. What are they saying? They, they are saying, Pastor, you care. One of our main families in our church who almost everyone in this church knows said they came to our church because they attended a funeral that I spoke at. And they said it was quite evident through what I said at the funeral. It was quite evident that they said that you knew and loved our friend. They said we could tell you were a true shepherd who cared their words. Oh, hear me this morning. I'm I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm tooting the care horn. Don't stop caring. Now hear me this morning. Our vision statement at the Grace Place is caring people, caring for people. This was the vision that God gave me for this house for this particular season. I don't know. God might have a different vision for this house for you in your next season. And if that be the case, I'd be okay with that. But listen, here's what I want to say this morning. Even if the vision for this house changes over time, caring will always be in order. Caring will always be the right thing to do. Don't stop. Caring. It doesn't have to be a part of your vision statement in order for you to do it. Well, there's two things about caring that I want to talk about today. And the first thing that I want to talk about related to caring is I want to talk about what caring includes. What caring includes. And I want to suggest five things. The first thing that caring includes is compassion. Compassion. See, see, the reason why I am so passionate about caring is because that's what Jesus did. He cared. He genuinely cared about people. He genuinely cared about all people. First Peter chapter five and verse seven, Pastor Bruce quoted it. It says, cast all of your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. In Mark chapter 1, verses 40 through 42, it says that there was a leper that approached Jesus. And in verse number 41, it says that Jesus was moved with compassion. And the Bible says that Jesus reached out to this leper and Jesus touched him. What we need to understand is the fact that lepers were outcasts. 
Lepers were shunned by everyone. Lepers were actually required by law to cry out, unclean, unclean, unclean. I'm unclean as a warning to anyone who would get near them because they were highly contagious. Hey, why didn't they just wear one of those miracle masks? Oh, come on. Too soon? Come on, I'm just having fun with this more. Is that okay? But the Bible says that Jesus reached out and touched him. Why? Because Jesus cared. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says, Our merciful God is our source of comfort. It says he comforts us in all of our troubles so that we will be able to comfort others. We're talking about what caring includes this morning. First of all, first of all, it, it includes compassion. But not only does it include compassion, it also includes community. In Mark chapter 9, verses 38 through 41, the disciple John says to Jesus, he says to Jesus, he, say, he says, teacher, teacher, we saw someone using your name to cast out demons, but we told him to stop. Because, because, because he wasn't in our group. Really? But nothing's changed, right? Little has changed. See, I see a lot of this today. I see it today. Oh, oh, it goes like this. If you don't cross your T's and dot your theological I's the same way that I do, then you're out. If your politics don't match mine, then what's wrong with you? Oh, I see it everywhere. We're right. And everybody else is wrong. So common today. And I see it in every area of life. Oh, trying to set everybody straight is a common thread on social media today. Be careful. Be careful because caring includes community. And it's a big community. And everyone in our community, hear me, hear me. Everyone in our community shouldn't look and act and think exactly like we do. And they shouldn't all be the same color as us. There should be room in our community for diversity because through diversity we can learn from one another. Jesus rebuked John for his narrow-mindedness and he said to him in verse 39, don't stop him. Anybody that is not against us, Jesus said, is for us. Caring includes community. By the way, are you in community? Are you in community? Are you a part of a C group? If the pandemic taught us anything, if sheltering in place taught us anything, if social distancing taught us anything, it should have taught us how valuable community is and just how desperately we need to interact with one another. But not only does caring include compassion and community, it also includes consistency. One of the things that I hope the preacher will say about me at my funeral, besides he's moving. <laughs> I, 
I hope the preacher will say this about me at my funeral. And I hope you will say this about me and my 20-year season as your pastor. I hope you will say he was consistent. His teaching was consistent. His decisions and way of leading us was consistent. His love for people was consistent. He loved, he loved and shepherded the good, the bad, and the ugly. In Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 31, Jesus tells a story. It's a parable. It's commonly called, known as the parable of the prodigal son. But in my opinion, it is not a story of the prodigal son. It contains the prodigal son story. It also contains the story of Big Brother. I believe the story is actually a story of the faithful and consistent father of these two boys. Oh, yes, the younger son was a mess, but so was Big Brother. Read the story. They both had issues. And so do we all. And if you don't know what your issue is, come see me after church. I'll tell you. <laughs> but the constant consistency in this story is the love and the concern and the compassion of the Father. Whose love never faltered, whose character never wavered. Oh, listen, listen. The reason why the prodigal knew that he could go home, even after shaming the family, after squandering the family fortune, was the fact that he knew of his father's consistency. He knew that his father would receive him, his father would accept him, his father would forgive him. Fourth thing that caring includes is confirmation through actions. See, when it comes to caring, good intentions isn't enough. Lip service alone will not cut it. Here's what we need to understand. There's a difference, there's a difference between sympathy and true compassion. Yeah. Sympathy feels something. Compassion not only feels something, but it moves beyond feeling into doing which leads us into the fifth thing that caring includes, and that is it, it includes a cost. There'll be a cost for caring. In Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 37, Jesus tells the story of the good Samaritan. A man was robbed and beaten and left for dead. Two separate church leaders walked by and noticed him. One of these church leaders even walks even closer to see just how bad he was. But both of these religious leaders just walk on by. They assessed the situation and determined that it would cost them too much of their time, cost them too much of their money if they were to get involved. But a Samaritan, a Samaritan happens by. He walks by and he sees the man and he sees the distress and the situation of this man and he has compassion for him and his compassion leads him to get involved. He gives him medical attention. He takes him somewhere safe, and then he offers to pay the bill. Oh, listen, that's true compassion. That is what actual caring looks like, and it will include a cost. Some of my final words to the grace place is don't stop caring. 
All right, we've talked just a little bit about what carrying includes. Now I want to suggest what is not or what isn't included in carrying. And I'm going to give you five things here as well. The first thing that's not included in carrying is enabling. See, there's a fine line between helping someone who truly needs help and enabling someone who isn't willing to help themselves. When my father began to get a little bit feeble in his mid-80s, I, I said to him one day, I said, Dad, I said, Dad, I will do absolutely anything for you, anything for you that you cannot do for yourself, but nothing that you can. That's right. You see, caring does not include enabling. That's right. That's right. See, caring helps people. Enabling weakens them. Caring helps people remain independent. Enabling causes people to become dependent. And if you need scripture for that, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15, as well as 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 9 through 16. Don't have time to read those, but they're there for reference. And it's very clear. Notice another thing that, that caring doesn't include, and that is it doesn't include meeting every expectation. Just because you care doesn't mean that you're going to be able to meet every expectation. Now listen, when you set yourself up in the caring business, and that's exactly what we did. When we made our vision statement, caring people, caring for people. And when you set yourself up in the caring business, when you make it your mission and your vision, you better have thick skin. You better have thick skin because people are going to come to you with unrealistic expectations. And then they're going to criticize you when you are unable to meet those unrealistic expectations. People have said to me personally, after I have not responded exactly the way they thought I should or the way they hoped that I would. And it's usually because it was out of my control or, or, or I didn't have the resources that it would take or, or, or it was absolutely ridiculous what they were asking for or it had become a pattern. And when I didn't give them a yes and I didn't jump through hoops and do what they wanted me to do, they have said, well, it's obvious. You don't really care. Yeah. Or they have said, I thought this was the grace place. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> that I've heard that. I thought this was the Grace place. Pastor, where's, where's the grace? Even though I had already offered a mountain yeah. of grace. Caring does not include meeting every expectation. Hey, even the, even the psalmist David felt left out and let down in the caring department. And he lamented in Psalm 142 and verse number four. David cries and, oh, he says, I look, I look for someone to come and help me. But no one gives me a passing thought. He says, no one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. 
But we know the story and we know that is a lie. Just think of what his best friend Jonathan was willing to do for him. Notice something else that isn't included in caring, and that is eliminating every hurt. See, see, some problems are simply unsolvable. Because some people refuse to acknowledge the source of the problem. See, they want to play the blame game and blame everyone and everything besides the true source of their problem. And the true source of the problem is them. Notice what the wisdom writer wrote in Proverbs 19 and 3. I love this. He says, he says, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. How many times have you seen that? Here's what I have experienced, and that is God and the devil get blamed for a host of things that we have brought on ourselves through unwise decisions and practices. See, it's impossible to eliminate hurt from people who will not take responsibility for their own actions. And even if our hurt is the result of somebody else's actions, we cannot be healed as long as we refuse to forgive and move on. How many still hanging with me this morning? Here's another thing that isn't included in caring, and that is endorsing every idea. Never forget this phrase. I don't know how you could because I've hammered it so many times, but never, never forget the phrase that I have given you. I've said it so many times, and that is a God idea will work. A good idea will work you. It'll save you a lot of energy and a lot of frustration if you'll get that down. See, at the Grace Place, we've tried to implement God ideas, not good ideas. We don't get on the internet and search for ideas. We're not constantly implementing the latest idea we got at some conference. And I'm not against conferences, and I'm not against gleaning ideas from other people. But listen, listen, we better make sure that it's a God idea. And we better, and just because it's a God idea for them don't mean it's a God idea for us. And so because of that, we don't, we don't do everything here. Well, pastor, you know, over there... Well, we're not over there. We're over here. And if it was so good over there, what are you doing over here? Oh, my goodness. We're trying to do everything here. We try, we try to hear what God tells us to do. God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to focus on? What do you want our vision to be? What do you want us to target? We try and figure out, we try and listen to God and hear what God tells us to do. And then we try to do what God told us to do. See, there's simply not enough time or manpower to implement all of our good ideas. And listen to me, listen, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we are not going to be judged on our good ideas, but we're going to be judged on God ideas. Because God is going to ask us, did you do what I told you to do? Oh, we may say, God, I did this, 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 and this. And God said, well, that's all right. But you didn't do what I asked you to do. You didn't do what I called you to do. You didn't do what I equipped you to do. You didn't do what I put you on planet earth to do. Did you do what I told you to do? That's the question we're going to have to answer. The fifth and the final thing that's not included in caring is engaging 
in every invitation. And it goes right along with number four. And see, there will always be people who will always try and tell you what to do. Everybody knows what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. And they're telling me that, you know. You know, Pastor, well, you ought to do this. Pastor, you ought to, well, now you could do it. There will always be people that will try and tell you what you need to do with your life or with your ministry. There will always be people that will want to tell you what you should be doing and what you should be involved in. See, see the truth is I could be busy 24-7 if I engaged in every invitation and got involved in every person's agenda. And when a person has an agenda, that's all they're about. And they think they ought to be about that. Well, somebody else has a different agenda. Somebody else has a different one. And so, and so when I'm not engaged in their invitation, some assume or some have even accused me of not caring. He doesn't care about us. He doesn't care about this. But caring does not include engaging in every invitation. It's simply not possible. And it's not wise to do so. And no one has the capacity to do it. Proverbs 19 and 2 says, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. And haste makes mistakes. There have been things that I thought I wanted to be a part of, things that I thought looked really, really good, but you know, I didn't jump in. And oh, later I was glad I didn't jump in. I'm glad I didn't buy into that. Later, when I got a little more realistic view of it, a little more balanced view of what was really going on. Proverbs 18 and 17 says, The first to speak sounds correct, but the cross examination changes everything. Hear me, church, don't stop caring. Don't stop caring. And caring includes compassion, and it includes community, and it includes consistency, and it includes confirmation through action. It also includes a cost. But what is not included in caring is enabling, Meeting every expectation, eliminating every hurt, endorsing every idea, and engaging in every invitation. The takeaway for the message this morning is simply this. Caring is not just in our vision statement. It's in our DNA. That had been a good amen spot right there. I'm going to try it again. Give me another chance. The takeaway for the message today is caring is not just in our vision statement. It's in our DNA. Yeah. We care. We care. It's who we are. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You can have the degrees out the wazoo. Yes. And listen, it's not that we have all the answers because we don't. I've told you before, I've been in this thing 50 years, and I have more questions than I have answers. And I weary those that think they've got it all figured out. 
bless their arrogant heart. We care. We care. And once we've said our last goodbye and we're no longer lead pastors of the Grace Place. Above the numbers, above the facilities, above the programs, above all things. I want you to be able to say, he cared. Was he a bulldog? Did he bark? Did he bite? One or two might might say I bite. (laughs) Did I agree with everything he did and said? Tell you one thing about my pastor. I'm believing that it is God out of my heart and your heart. And I didn't start caring just when I came to the Grace Place. I, I learned 32 years ago when I was planning a church from absolute scratch. When I had no building, I had no people, I had no money, I had no programs, I had nothing. I couldn't do anything in that city better than anybody else. I couldn't even do it as good as anybody else. So I made up my mind. I'm going to love people like nobody else. And they just started coming from everywhere. I don't know what your next vision statement will be. It may be caring people, caring for people for the next 20. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be on me. I'm telling you. You don't have to have a vision statement to care. Just keep caring. Just keep loving. Just keep reaching out. And if you'll do that, this church will remain strong and vibrant and successful. Can we stand in the presence of the Lord this morning?